0: Whoever said backpacking was glamorous. Maybe after a day or two you can still pull off that Patagonia ad look. But I tossed and turned all night as my sore muscles seized up after so many miles. And now I wake up to this really odd bird. It's gotta be a Tui, mimicking something extremely annoying. My first mistake was to take a selfie here in the Puketi forest. My eyes have check-on bags. <laughs> Talk about Miss Crinkles when I smile. The only thing I have going for me is my naturally curly hair, wild in this humidity, and looky here, going gray. It's not that I'm especially vain, but only eight days into the Te Araroa and I look like hell. Tell me, is this thing worth it? You're listening to The P-Rag, Unfiltered Adventures of the Blissful Hiker. I am the Blissful Hiker, sometime professional flutist, sometime voice artist, and full-time pedestrian. The P-Rag is a small accessory with a big job. Mine is a bandana tied to the back of my pack, and it keeps me moving along without fuss or muss. I've been taking you along on my first long-distance thru-hike of the Te Araroa, or Long Pathway, a trail that opened only in 2011. It's 3,000 kilometers long from Cape Renga in Northland to Bluff in Southland. This is in New Zealand. I started by walking the beach next to the Tasman Sea and then through the bush towards the Pacific Ocean. And the going has been, well, interesting, like no other trail I've ever walked. You just start, a hundred kilometers of beach, which, I don't know, it sounds fun in games until you realize there's absolutely no protection from the elements. There's burning sun, wind, squalls blowing in every hour, and inconvenient tides, not to mention hard as concrete sand. Then it's straight from there into the famous Northland forests of deep New Zealand bush, But because of Kauri dieback, a fungus that's carried on the shoes of trampers like myself, only one of those forests was open still, the Ratea forest. But it was an experience I will never forget, of mud up to mid-calf, treacherous blowdowns and roots seemingly designed to trip me. I even got briefly lost and had to camp inside the forest in this wide space in the trail. One thing that was particularly amazing, the bird song. Though right now, <laughs> I need to press the pause button. I want to thank Lecky Trekking Poles for supporting the P.Rag podcast. If you want to be a blissful hiker, Lecky's should be in your hands. This podcast is dedicated to all the badass women out there who don't need permission to tie a a P-rag to their backpack as they walk through the journey of life. And yet, I started this episode revealing my insecurity with my looks. I guess I do have a few rules about protecting my body while backpacking that seem to work for me, starting with covering up the body, wearing long pants and long sleeves, People ask me, is it warmer that way than in shorts and a t-shirt? Well, I like to think of Bedouins or Arabs. I realize it's part of their religion to be modest. But loose-fitting clothing protects the body, mainly from the sun, but also from invasive gorse, that prickly shrub introduced by the Scottish in New Zealand, which has practically taken over the North Island. It's really scratchy, and it just grabs at you. But with pants, you're protected. My outfit also protects me from sand flies, but that's a story for a future episode. I also wear this goofy fisherman's hat called a chilba made by Kavu. It's kind of like a Hawaiian shirt for the head, brightly colored with this outlandish design. People either compliment it, calling me the Mad Hatter or something like that, or they avert their eyes. I have not yet seen any other hiker wearing anything quite like my Kavu Chilba. I also wear gloves for my hands, which are sporting a constellation of brown spots already in my early 50s. And I discovered a lip balm with SPF protection and color, Blistex Lip Vibrance. I mean, the main selling point besides the fact that it gives me an air of middle-aged lady heading to the shops is that I carry it in my pocket all day long until I need it, and it won't melt or come off in a clump when I put it on my lips. Other than that, I blend it right in. At Bukhetti Forest Camp, I set my tent near Irene and Bram from Belgium just in time to jump in it as the rain poured down briefly. I got out to explore and take an ice-cold shower, and when I returned, a small group had set up right next to me with ukuleles. Now, I don't mind a good old-fashioned sing-along, but they didn't offer up any of their own music. Instead, they turned their phone up to 11 and set the mood for the camp. I know, I'm really getting old. I just don't have the patience for leaky music into my personal space. So I unstake the alley coop and march over to where Ondi has found a more isolated spot, She's pretty prickly and seems to prefer her solitude, so I ask very politely if I can set nearby. We also have the same tarp tents made here in the U.S., lightweight, really easy to set up. And I just hang around for a while, listen to the birds, then explore the boot cleaning station, a metal open sort of booth above grates for draining the spray at little kiosks, holding bristly brushes to get every last bit of dirt out of the boots, or sneakers in my case. It seems that the forests are open to tourists, and that's why they have the boot-cleaning stations, but not to us TA thru-hikers. I mean, it's not as if they can close the forest down, but we were advised to use an alternative route, likely because it would have been difficult to clean our boots before entering from the north. I got to admit, I feel disappointed that I missed the other forests, Harakino and Puketi, walking instead, well, through them, but on forest tracks. But Irene, my hiking partner, needs to catch a plane home to Hamilton tomorrow. So I'm not about to head back just to say I did them. Besides, more epic mud and more bush await me, except not as many cowrie as I move south. The morning is humid, but the sun is out, as the ranger comes by to collect fees. He assures me the next section isn't flash, but I'll get some good views. (laughs) Flash, it's such a great word, and I begin to hear it a lot from Kiwis. Also, rickin, as in, I reckon we will need to get moving if we're going to share a beer in Flash, carry carry. Ondia and I both pack fast and quietly, eyeing each other's little routines. I tell her what the rangers said and that friends thought I'd find through hiking boring. I guess that all comes down to your attitude. I mean, life can be a bore if you get caught in a rut and don't see what's around you. At least with through hiking, there's the promise that no matter what, each day will bring something new. Not necessarily wonderful, life-changing, or flash, but for sure different. I think about this wonderful quote by creativity coach, Michelle Genet. If ever there was a metaphor to illustrate the importance of the journey over the destination, it is life itself. For everyone who departs from birth is destined for death. So the journey is life. Savor it. (laughs) Boy, am I reminded of death being just that much closer with my saggy eye bags and graying hair but on goes olive oil, the backpack, and off I go, starting on road. Irene and Bram soon join me, walking in step as D bolts ahead. Everyone seems so confident and easygoing, and here I am thinking about my mortality, and nothing but mud, blowing sand, and roads on repeat ahead. When we come upon a fence with one gutted wild pig after another, lined up in a row. Their eyes are closed like they're only sleeping, their huge, tusky snouts appearing to smile at us in a hideous grimace. What the hell? Irene tells me that boars were brought over by Europeans missing home. It's open season on wild pigs all season. It's grim, like something out of Lord of the Flies. Well, we continue walking on, and I get lost in my thoughts, only one car passing us in an hour, stopping to pick up the French ukulele non-player from last night hitching a ride. Her backpack is so huge, she looks like a giant bag with legs from behind, and it's no wonder her feet are trashed, and she needs a ride. But who am I to judge, since I have this vexing fear that I am not going to be able to manage this trail all on my own. The anxiety I feel manifests in my upper chest like I can't quite take a full breath. I wouldn't say I'm overwhelmed by the feeling, but it never quite leaves me. And on easy walking, there's no way to stop thinking about it. I tell myself, calm down, only plan a few days ahead, which is truthfully about all anyone can do anyway. But it doesn't help knowing that Irene will leave tomorrow and I will be alone. Suddenly I hear my name being called. I turn around, realizing I was so far ahead I'd missed the turn, through knee-deep water and up a muddy embankment onto the fields. I thank everyone, telling them I'd assumed we'd just followed the road all the way to town. Assumptions, Irene tells me, is the mother of all fuck-ups. I laugh and then squish through in my until-recently dry sneakers up onto a place that looks like an exotic Yorkshire, grass-like velvet under my feet, especially when I step right into sheep poo. I was just starting to miss the mud, I say, to which Bram replies, careful what you wish for. You're listening to the P Rag: Unfiltered Adventures of the Blissful Hiker. I'm Allison Young, the Blissful Hiker, sometime professional flutist, sometime voice artist, and full-time pedestrian. A thank you to Lecky Trekking Poles for their support of the show. Let me tell you, whether on the road, sand, scree, or sheep poo, Leckys held me up and kept me going. If you want to be a blissful hiker, Leckys should be in your hands. If you're enjoying the storytelling of Walking the Te Araroa, New Zealand's long pathway, subscribe and leave a comment at Apple Podcasts. It really helps others find me. We're very close to the town of Kerikeri, K-E-R-I-K-E-R-I, or Kitty Kitty, as pronounced by locals in that wonderfully nasal Kiwi accent that sounds as though spoken while smiling. And that's true, even when someone's really angry with me. But that's a story that's coming up much later. Kedikedi is the place where my plane landed. It's full circle, in a way, coming back to the start. It's the largest town in Northland and the cradle of the nation, where the first permanent mission was established. Passion fruit, avocados, and grapevines were introduced here for the first time in New Zealand. The oldest pear tree in the country was planted in 1819, and it's still bearing fruit to this day. We've got a ways to go yet, across fields, over stiles, and through gates, a lot like England's coast to coast. At the next opening, wild turkeys are huddling, and they're very panicky as we get closer. One wisely leaps over the fence as five shove under, barely squeezing through before running away, feet flying to the side in ungainly gobbling. It's easy walking for us, and just as promised, it's not flash, but glorious views out to the Bay of Islands, green stretching out to mountains and towards an endless blue horizon. At another stile, a sign welcomes us. T.A. fruit, it says, with a black sharpie tied to a string so we can add our thoughts. Most of them filled with gratitude at the bucket of oranges left for us. Trail angels rock, especially Kiwi brand trail angels. Ahead we see Ondi. She stopped in the field. When we get closer, we see she's holding a tiny gray and white duckling separated from its family. I learn at that moment that Ondi is a bird biologist, and she simply packs the little peeping creature into her fanny pack to take to a local rescue, which she's already phoned. An efficient person, that Ondi. We work our way down the hill toward the Kereketi River in a grove of totora. I use one as a backrest and sit on the soft needles to eat tomato soup and the last of the cheese. I hope I find a charity shop in Kitty Kitty to buy a throwaway blouse. I swear by wearing merino wool, because it's soft, it stays cool in the heat and warm in the cold, and most important, it does not hold body odor. But the one I brought is too thick for this heat, and I need to make a change. We head on, and I cross my very first swing bridge— made of metal and lined with something that looks like cyclone fencing. It's so narrow, it's only big enough for one to pass. The river is lined with wildflowers. I stop briefly to rinse my hands and finger some coolness through my hair. I find a rhythm of pulling out my hat from my hip belt, lowering my balaclava, which acts as a headband, back to my neck when in the sun, then reversing in the trees. (laughs) I do this without breaking stride. It's really becoming a gorgeous bushwalk, but now on a wide and thankfully dry trail. We're joined by joggers, high schoolers, and middle-aged ladies just like me, walking briskly. The beautiful river finds its way to a massive set of falls. Welcome to New Zealand, it seems to say. Come in. The water's wonderful. Down the stairs to a little rock shelf, we strip to our panties and bras and jump into its cold embrace. And it's only a few more minutes walk, dripping wet and happy, to the stone store near Kemp House, the oldest building in New Zealand. Happy hour is on, and the promise of a night staying with Irene's friends far out on one of the arms of land into the Pacific a hot tub, laundry, far too much food and wine, and another night in a bed. I feel very, very well-loved. We did it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers <laughs> to you. If you enjoy the storytelling, consider subscribing to The P.R.A.G. wherever you get your podcasts. And if you listen on Apple consider giving me a review, as that will help others find the P-RAG. Like this one from Susan, she writes, Your podcasts and your reassuring voice set me at ease as you give snippets of your hikes I follow diligently. Reading your daily hiking comments brought angst to me, but now that you calmly summarize high and low points, I look forward to the next episodes of the P-RAG. Thank you so much for your new endeavor. And thanks to you, Susan, of course, I now know how this thing ends. And I'm looking at things with the perspective of time and experience, since right after I walked the Te Araroa, I walked the Pacific Crest Trail. That's kind of badass. Thanks so much to Lucky Trekking Poles too, for their support of the p Next week, I'll take you past the Waitangi Ceremonial Grounds to the beautiful Bay of Islands town of Pahia. And that's where the trail becomes a waterway and I kayak up the Waikari Inlet. Until next week, happy trails!